Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. Revelation chapter number 17. I want, to, I want to get through early tonight, so I'm going to skip a few things. This chapter is just kind of a... It's um, uh, and what we saw in chapter number 16 several weeks ago. I, I got away from this during the holidays. Uh, I just thought it necessary. Um, but to come back to it, we'd gone through Revelation 1 through 16. I don't have time to go into a summary tonight or review tonight, rather, of uh, all the things we studied. But we do know this, that we've already gone through the opening of the seals. We've gone through the sounding of the trumpets. And now we have gone through... Uh, the uh, pouring out of the vials. We saw the end of that in chapter number 16. Somebody said something uh, just a few weeks ago. I don't know if it was a member of church or someone else during the Christmas holidays. But they said, Pastor Ward, I don't think the world can go on as it is. Well, there's a lot of truth in that statement, isn't there? By the way, that is a 100% accurate statement. The world cannot go on as it is. In chapter number 17, you see the end of the world coming as you and I know it. Now, it's not going to happen before the rapture of the church. According to the scripture, and I think that's a pretty good reference, according to the scripture, men are going to grow, they're going to wax worse and worse. Things are going to keep getting worse. And it doesn't matter. The only thing that could change the world, the only thing that could change America is revival. Amen. It's the only thing that could change America. They come up with a, another party, you know, uh, uh, an independent party. They can, they can do everything, but it's not going to change the moral decay that has happened over the last 50 years in our land. And because it has gotten so bad, it's going continue, to continue to get bad. I mean, it, is, it has gone over the top, and now it's going down the slippery slope, and it's snowballing. And it's getting worse and worse, just like the Bible predicted that it would. And uh, once, and if you think it's bad now, wait till the rapture of the church. And the church is gone, and the Holy Spirit's gone. And uh, the devil, and the Antichrist, and the beast, and the false prophet, they're in full charge of everything. They're in charge of government, they're in charge of the money, they're in charge of business, they're in charge of everything like you see beginning to take place now. They're building a one-world church, and everybody's going to worship the same way, and, and it just goes on and on and on. And that's going to continue for seven years, but at the end of that seven-year period, you're going to see the end of all that you see today. It won't be too long before there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Well, the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. You'll see, like we studied from... Um, Second Thessalonians last week, where it'll melt with fervent heat. God's going to redo the earth. And so that starts taking place right before our eyes. In chapter number 16, he talks about two or three things. that we In chapter 15 and 16, we went over a couple of things. And just bear with me for a moment. And we went over, there's a couple of things that we saw 
uh, over the last couple of chapters. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into our story. We're not going to look at all the verses tonight. And so the title of the message tonight, Revelation chapter number 17, is this, The Fall of Babylon. You say, well, there ain't no Babylon around here anywhere. The Fall of Babylon. There's two very mysterious things take place in the 17th chapter. Both of them draw the attention of everyone. One is that uh, this beast, this beast that uh, we thought was dead now, uh, all of a sudden the beast comes back. And then something very interesting and something that's, that, that's totally uh, it's not even within our capacity to comprehend what's going on, but all of a sudden, there's a resurrection of the Babylonian Empire, the old ancient Babylonian Empire. And just, uh, you see, everything that God does, the devil sets out to duplicate it. He wants to do something like God does. And so there's going to be a new Jerusalem one day, but the devil sees that there becomes a new Babylon, there becomes a new Babel, and uh, we'll look at that in just a moment. But we're going to see the fall, the final fall of that ancient culture of Babylon. In the chapter number 16, we read about the pending battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Christ. Those take place in chapters 17 through 19. We see these two events as they occur. Now, um, and then I have this little note in our notes, and if you'd like to have these, we have them on all the chapters. It will be the final chapter of the anti-Christian system known as Babylonianism. That's a long old word, and I'm glad I got it out the first time. We're not trying that one again, okay? And, uh, and so it's see, this anti-Christian system known as, as I mentioned before, uh, which is an ungodly, now pay attention, it is an ungodly world federation that began in Genesis chapter number 11 and ends in Revelation chapter number 19. Turn there with me. We probably have the verses on the screen, but you may want to mark them in your Bible as we see uh, this, uh, this uh, uh, Babylonian empire, as you see it become uh, part of, uh, of the world scene. And uh, verse number 1 of chapter number 11 of the book of Genesis. And the whole earth was full of one language and one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and uh, they dwelt there. I've never preached from this passage, I don't think. And they said uh, one, of the, one to another, Go, let us make brick and burn them throughly. And um, they had... Uh, and they had the brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto the heaven. And let us make a name, us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and confound their language, pay attention now, that they may not understand one another's speech. And the Lord scattered them abroad thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Notice verse number 9. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. 
Babel. Because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, from, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. And so we see there's, there's two things that are developing uh, in, um, from Genesis chapter number 11 all the way through Revelation chapter number 19. There is, there is um, there's a, an economy, there's a federation, there is an allegiance. And uh, all through the ages of time, we don't have the, a time to go into and uh, to study the background of all of it. Uh, you'll find out if you, if you just take time to uh, find out about this Babylonianism, this anti-Christian system that started way back in Genesis chapter number 11. And, uh, and it's mentioned throughout the scripture. And the devil's ahead of it. He's in charge of all of it. And so uh, this is what is going on. In chapter number 11, verses 1 through 9, Babel is the ancient city. Babylon, the second thing, Babylon is the ancient kingdom. First mentioned in 2 Kings 17, 24 and ending in Revelation 18, 2 where the Bible says, And he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen and become the habitation of devils and the hole of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. And so in this course of time, there are all kinds of features that are involved in everything that has gone on. Now, I say this uh, in our notes. Babel and Babylon are the roots of everything that is anti-Christian and brings world disorder. Everything. Everything is based all the way back from Genesis chapter number 11 through the ages of time. And even in, even in, in the generation that has passed, you've probably studied and heard preachers preach about the Illuminati and all those kind of things and, and, uh, and all of the forces of evil that are working in the underground and, and uh, all that is happening around the world. Uh, no, none of this stuff is happening by chance. All of this evil and all of this wickedness, everything that is disorder in the world, whether it be uh, politically, they're working toward one government. If it is religiously, they're working toward an apostate church. And uh, an apostate uh, Christ, uh, Bible or religious system in the world that has nothing to do with old time religion. And so all these things are taking place as we sit here in this Beautiful auditorium tonight, so comfortably, all behind the scenes, the devil is working to make the world a worse place than what you see it tonight. He's doing everything. By the way, he's doing a pretty good job of it. And uh, so now he is, uh, for uh, millenniums, for ages of time, he has, you think the coronavirus was, was spread and, and uh, he, he, he has put an unholy virus that is pandemic and epidemic and any other demic that you can think of tonight, he has scattered it around the world. The devil has. And so you got to see that. you got to see that all of this evil and all of this wickedness, that's why it's so important, the messages that the Lord laid on my heart to preach on Wednesday night, developing a real biblical Christian view could be the most important messages I've preached in some time in this place. Because everything that you see, 
everything that's coming down the pipe, everything that's going on, everything socially, everything economically, everything politically, everything religiously, they're all leading to one place. And that is the headquarters that would be found in the new Babylon. For the Antichrist sets up his rule and sets up his kingdom. Just like Jesus, shortly thereafter, he'll come and he'll wipe it all off the map and he'll set up his reign and his kingdom in the city of David. Okay, well, and so if you understand that, you can kind of at least understand a little bit about what's going on. And so chapter number 17 is talking about this mysterious woman. Chapter number 18 is talking about this mysterious, the mystery of the city of Babylon. And so he gives us some definition to those things uh, in our text tonight. By the way, let me say this. I, I almost forgot it. I, I meant to at least make a mental note of it. Thank you, Lord. But, uh, you know, when we were looking, um, was it in chapter 15, chapter number 16, we were talking about uh, when um, the um, Euphrates River. Now, if you can just imagine um, uh, the uh, Iraq, which is for the most part the old Babylonian Empire it was much greater than that. It was much greater than that. But, but for just to focus uh, on the uh, Mediterranean area, uh, the, uh, the nation of Iraq as it is today, the, the uh, Euphrates River runs for, uh, through it, and the Tigris River. There are many people who believe that as you come down, if you follow the Euphrates River all the way down uh, to what is that sea at the very bottom of it, I, uh, where the uh, Gulf War took place and, and started and all that kind of stuff, just outside, I think, of Saudi Arabia, whatever the case may be. I don't know. We could look at it. It's not that important tonight. It wasn't in my notes, so I looked it up. And so, but if you follow that, they believe that where those rivers came together obviously is and was the Garden of Eden. But if you follow that river back up somewhere to close to where Baghdad is today and come about 40 miles outside of the center of Baghdad, you will find the ancient ruins, they're still there, of Babel. The ancient ruins are still there. So you can get a pretty good idea how the devil is going to, uh, through the beast, he's going he's gonna, he's gonna to come back, and, and we need to read some more verses. I'm giving you too much stuff without a whole lot of verses, and I don't want you to believe me. Just believe what the Bible says. But you're going to see that ancient city rebuilt. And you're going to see what happens to this order or disorder of the world you're going to see that happen. Uh, well, you won't see it happen. You, you better go ahead and look at it now. If you're saved, you're not going to see it. I don't know. Maybe the Lord will let us look over the portals every once in a while to see what's coming on down here. But we'll be with Jesus in heaven. But I was about to say this. And so we, and I, I love the Bible. And uh, I, love, I love science when it follows the Bible. I, pre, I, I preached on that uh, uh, Wednesday night. I love science when it goes along with the Bible. I love history when it goes along with the Bible. I love soci uh, soci uh, sociology uh, when it goes along. I love all those things when they go along with the Bible. And uh, you can understand that. I'm a Baptist preacher, so I believe the Bible. But I like it when, uh, when something happens in the world or something happens on the news and it validates, not that the Scripture needs anything to prop it up, but I was watching the news, Brother Wilbur, just a week ago. It was during the Christmas holidays. And I don't know why this thing, it came on. It was early in the morning. It was a, a, a 
boxing friends first or whatever. It comes on about 4 o'clock in the morning. And so I was watching this, and they, were, they had this segment about Iraq, something about the Gulf War and all those kind of things. And they were showing Iraq. Now get this. We, we, we just talked about it. We read about it in the Scripture that a day and hour was going to come that the Euphrates would dry up in order for those European countries to wage or uh, Middle uh, Eastern countries to wage their war, China and all those, to make their way over uh, to, and to fight against Israel in, uh, in their final battle. And so we, we, we saw that the river was going to dry up. And I was watching the news, and, and they showed Baghdad, uh, the city of Baghdad. And they had these, I guess, man-made canals that were their waterways that they're dependent on all the way through the entire land. And they said this, said that the three nations around Iraq, now that's where things are going to take place. That's where things are going to take place. Not in New York City or anywhere along the, uh, it's going to take place where the Bible was written and took place. Where it started, it's going to finish. And that you don't find America in the scripture or anything along that line. And um, in, in a sense. And so it's all about what happens in the Middle East. And so here's what was happening. And they said that the nations around Iraq, um, is it uh, Turkey and uh, Syria and uh, Lebanon, I forget what the other one is, the, the three uh, countries that kind of surround the northern part of Iraq where all those waterways come in. The Tigris and the Euphrates and all those come through. Is, this is what it said on the news. It wasn't fake news either. This was, this was on the news. It said that those three nations, I thought I wrote the names of them down. So you could check it out for yourself. I guess you just have, whatever, whatever those are. I know Turkey's right above it and Syria is over here. I can't remember who's over on the other side. And, um, but they have cut off 600 tributaries that fill the Euphrates River. You don't think we're close? You don't think we are nearing the end of time and that Bible prophecy is putting itself in place as we are in this auditorium tonight? 600. And so they showed this waterway in, in, uh, in uh, downtown Baghdad, just above where Babel is, and that canal, big, big concrete thing, twice as wide as this. You've seen them in large cities. They use them for drainage sometimes, they, and they use them for waterways. Got the, you see people out on their skateboards and all that. And this one that was 10 years ago was completely full of water. It had just in the drain system, maybe 20 feet wide and 2 feet deep, just in the drain system, they had water running through that city. It could be cut off just that quickly. Just that quickly. And so the Bible's being fulfilled. We are just about there. Just about there. It just kind of makes everything we do worthwhile. To know that in the end, we win. In the end, we do win. And th this is just a part of it. Three th let, me, let me give you these. 
We don't have time to read the verses. You read them when you go home. In verses 1 and 2, John is given the invitation, the invitation to see the judgment. Let's do read verses 1 and 2. There came one of the seven angels, which had seven vials, and talked with me, John, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. That is, that is just, that's this world federation. And, and he mentions uh, ten of the kingdoms in particular. Who knows exactly? We, we understand that has to do with Daniel's vision and the ten toes and, and uh, the nations that will take league with the Antichrist uh, against the... And you read that. All, all that's in this chapter. All that's in the chapter. And... Um, and have committed fornication, uh, with the, uh, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of fornication. And so, it, first of all, it says, it tells us that John is invited to come and see this judgment. He's been invited to come and see the judgment. It goes on in chapter 17, 18, and into chapter number 19, and is uh, culminated there with the battle of Armageddon. You see all that take place, and we'll look at it. Number two, we have a description of the mother of harlots. And as you read on down, it begins to talk about this. There's two mysteries that are going on. There's the mystery woman and there's the mystery city. The mystery woman and the mystery city. And um, in the verses 3 through 7, we, she is described. Now she's a harlot and she is using that as a means and you just have to kind of imagine this just a little bit. It talks about uh, the clothes that she's wearing and, and how she is uh, attracting these nations. She's attracting the nations uh, of the world uh, to come and be part of that federation, allies against that which is uh, enemies against which that's good, but allies uh, among themselves. She is, first of all, she's affluent. Now, I know that a lot of people have tried to identified the harlot as the uh, Catholic Church. And uh, there's some, there was a period of time that many people felt like that Catholicism would be the one world church because for so many years, for so many years, it was indeed the largest congregation in, in the world. But it's not so today. Uh, Islam is by far the largest congregation in the world today. So, Maybe, maybe they missed it. They, they even talked about, well, we know, and it talks about the, what, the purple and the scarlet. Those are both colors of the papal sea and all those kind of things. And, you know, and there's so many things that have been put together. And then, of course, that great Roman Empire and some ten nations that, were, that they had overtaken. And, and, and the list just goes on and on and on. But, you know, now it's become unclear. Now it's become unclear. So a lot of those writers... Uh, they're already gone, and I'm, I'm not sure. I don't really know. But we know this about this woman. She is very affluent. She's very wealthy. She's seductive. And she uses her seduction to draw these nations, likened unto men, to draw these nations of the world back into this Babylonianism with the head of it being the beast and the Antichrist. She is abominable. And then finally, she is barbarous. 
is said in verse number 6. Let's read verse 5 and 6. We, we've got to finish up right now. And upon her forehead was the name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Look in verse number 6. Look at her barbarianism. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And I saw her and I wondered with great admiration. Don't mistake the word admiration there for him admiring this woman. It goes on and explains it. Matter of fact, it gives you the two definitions uh, in the next verse of the word admiration that you find in the Greek and the Hebrew. It is that uh, he, he marveled and, um, and I think it was wondered or one. Uh, uh, he, he wondered at it and he marveled at it. He marveled that this woman, as wicked as she is, the mother of all harlots, the mother of all that which is evil, is now getting drunk on the blood of the saints of God. How awful. Well, to make a long story short, Babylon makes its way back. You, the beast makes its way back. It talks about, it said in verse number 8, it starts talking about this beast and the seven heads and ten horns and so on and so forth. It said, the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And he goes on, he mentions it something like that again. He talks about the mountains and, and uh, that could very well be of the seven hills of the Roman Empire. I'm not exactly sure about that. In verse number 9, and then it talks about there are seven kings, and then he goes on down and, and he talks about the ten. Uh, in uh, verse number 11, it said, and the beast that was is not even, the, and he goes on and talks about the beast and going to perdition, and then the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have re, uh, they have received no kingdom as of yet, but they will. And the, the story goes on and on and on. And they have this federation of allies and they wage war. In verse number 14, these shall make war with the Lamb. Let me close in saying this. That's their final mistake, making war with the Lamb. And so she is affluent, she's wealthy, she's seductive, she's abominable, she's barbarous. And then he gives in 8 through 18 the interpretation of these visions. He gives the interpretation of who the beast is and what happens to him who, about the battle and how the battle ends. And it ends with the burning of the whole gang. And God comes out victoriously. And the victory is ultimately Yours and mine. It's fixing to get better, ladies and gentlemen. I know all this is kind of heavy, but uh, we can make it through two more week. Another two weeks, uh, we'll be. We're going to see the sun start shining. We're going to see the skies open up and turn blue. Uh, we're going to see heaven. We're going to see the Lamb and the Tree of Life and the River of Life, and we're going to see the things that one day. That all of, our, all of our faith will be turned aside and we'll see him as he is. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your blessings. Thank you for this time of study together in this book. Pray that you would bless it. Lord, we don't have any claims to know everything. I didn't go into it to explain every little detail because no man knows. No man. 
And so, Lord, we know that there's a lot to be learned. I pray that you would help us and bless us, bless this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. As Tracy plays for a moment tonight, let's all stand.